Welcome to the Sport Manitoba podcast, hosted by Nolan Cole. Thanks for listening to episode four of the Sport Manitoba podcast. My name is Nolan Cole. I'm the digital media specialist at Sport Manitoba. We're podcasting from our building, the Canada Games Sport for Life Centre in downtown Winnipeg. At Sport Manitoba, our focus is on supporting and planning sport programs to promote the development of vibrant citizens, athletes, and communities in Manitoba. We're also the main funding agency for amateur sport in the province. We have over 65 provincial sport organizations in our building. Everything from diving to fencing to hang gliding, you can find them all here inside our building. If you missed any of our previous episodes, you can check them out on our website, sportmanitoba.ca slash podcast, or on your podcast app of choice, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We've had some local athletes on in our first three episodes, and we're going to switch gears a little bit now and talk some sports psychology with two people who work in that field. That's coming up after a quick look at some of Sport Manitoba's upcoming events. Sport Manitoba's summer camps are back in 2019. Choose from a multi-sport development camp for athletes ages 9 to 12, where we introduce them to 10 different sports, or a sport performance camp for athletes ages 13 and 14, who already have a strong athletic foundation, but are looking to get to the next level. The camps run in July and August. Sign up at sportmanitoba.ca slash summer camp. Time for a massage? Did you know massages help promote recovery, increase mobility, and help the body adjust to new changes or stress? Book your appointment at Sport Manitoba's Sport Medicine Clinic by calling 204-925-5944. Same-day appointments are available. Studies show that working out in a group setting for at least a few workouts each week helps you push past thresholds you hit when working out solo. The classes at the Canada Games Sport for Life Fitness Centre are expertly planned to give you an efficient and effective workout. No more thinking. Visit us and sign up for a class pass, one month trial or a membership at 145 Pacific Avenue or sportmanitoba.ca. Mental skills coaches Kevin Beauchamp and Paige Zapperzan are a part of our Performance Centre team. Kevin focuses on a growth mindset when working with athletes. We'll talk about what that means. And he's also mentored young skateboarders in the past. Paige, meanwhile, has worked with a few of our provincial sport organizations, including Curl Manitoba and Rowing Manitoba. She's also worked with athletes from the Canada Games. Here's my conversation with Kevin and Paige. So Kevin, Paige, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Sports psychology, looking forward to this discussion. Let's just start with you, Kevin. Tell me a little bit about your background working with athletes and teams and your connection to Sport Manitoba. Uh, yeah, well, thanks for, for having me here. I'm excited to uh, chat with you guys uh, about sports psych. Um, in terms of my background, um, actually, it's primarily uh, I'm working as a counselor in, in a private practice. Um, and so my experience over the years has primarily just been with adults with a variety of different issues, not, not specifically with um, athletes. Um, it's really just been in kind of the last the last year that I've sort of uh, through Sport Manitoba kind of geared towards um, sports psych and mental skills and I've uh, been working with a variety of teams here um, so it's been really exciting to to be a part of that. Paige? Yeah well thank you as well for having me on this is exciting and um, yeah I've always had a passion working for or with athletes and kind of been where I started everything from in my journey in sports psych so um, yeah, I have been involved with Sport Manitoba for quite a few years now and working with a variety of teams here. So 
definitely love working with the athletes and sport teams that we've had the chance to work with and um, you know some teams going into the Canada Games and whatnot so um, yeah definitely have had a, a strong background um, in that area. Paige how has sports psychology grown in your view and how has it become kind of more relevant in today's world would you say? Yeah, I like to think of, I think before everything was so isolated and I look at sport as there's these five components. You have your mental game, your emotional game, uh, your physical, your technical and tactical and all those inter, they kind of interrelate and affect one another and I say, you know, if your mental and emotional game's off, it affects your physical game. Um, you know, the way you execute technical skills on ice or on the field and then your tactical skills, so how you strategize, choreography, all that. So. I think a lot of athletes and the professional world and in the amateur world are realizing the benefits of mental prep and priming yourself mentally and emotionally uh, when it comes to competition because that seems to get can get the best of you. You can be as physically ready for a game and technically ready and tactically ready and either nerves or you know fear whatever gets the best of you and I think you know preparing mentally and emotionally is just as important. Kevin you can certainly add to that but do you think athletes and coaches are taking it more seriously nowadays? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with Paige. I think it's so important. And I think I think what I've seen and just, just over the years and just sort of um, just knowing how there can be often be a stigma attached to just, you know, if we're talking about psychology in general. Um, and that's why I like, I like how we, you know, our title is mental skills coach or, you know, and it's not so much, I mean, it is the psychology, but it's sort of, it's kind of communicating that message of like, this is a skill, right? And it's important for performance and it's necessary. So the Performance Center offered the P-Series this past uh, mm -hmm. year, the Peak Performance Speaker Series. It just wrapped up recently. Uh, the last night was your presentation, your talk on the fixed versus growth mindset. Yeah. So take us through what the fixed versus growth mindset is and how does it relate to athletes? Yeah, that was cool. I actually, um, uh, when I first, that was kind of my first introduction into uh, Sport Manitoba, um, I had the opportunity of um, getting to be on the performance series. And um, so, yeah, the fixed fix versus growth mindset, that's based on research um, by a researcher named Carol Dweck. Uh, she has a book called Growth Mindsets. And it's really this idea that, um, you know, she had been researching children and, and studying how they approach challenge. And she was surprised to find that there was kind of these two groups where you know some kids would just be really excited and really motivated when they were ex when they experienced challenge, whereas other kids tended to avoid challenging tasks. And she so being intrigued by this, she kind of dove into that research. And what she came up with this was this idea of fixed versus growth mindsets, and that being that some people um, in the growth mindset it's defined as viewing intelligence and viewing your abilities as as moldable and as 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 growable essentially whereas in the fixed mindset that's viewed at our intelligence and our abilities are viewed as fixed so you either have it or you don't and that leads to a whole set of issues and problems and in that talk you talked about a little bit about your own experience playing sports and how you mm -hmm. kind of struggled with that mindset and it sounds like that obviously impacted the work you do now, just your own experience. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was sort of the, I think that's the, the coolest thing I enjoy about, you know, doing mental skills work is that, um, you know, when I'm learning something new that I can use with clients, um, I usually have to, you know, if I'm 
doing my work well, right, I have to apply it to myself or else it's kind of hypocritical, hypocritical for me to get, you know, my clients to try and try and do this work, right? And so, yeah, as a, as a young kid, um, didn't have very good experiences with sport. Um, I often say that I'm a recovering fixed mindsetter. Um, so it's still something that I struggle with. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just really, uh, you know, really viewed my, my sporting experience in baseball as a young kid, just as, you know, avoiding challenges, avoiding practice, and really just avoiding the, the effort that was needed, um, to excel in that because my belief at the time, um, basically told me that if you're good at something, it's going to be easy. Um, but we know that that's not true, right? Even even elite athletes struggle and work hard to get to where they're at. So, Paige, I'll get you to chime in on this as well. The fixed growth mindset, have you, have you worked to, with kind of that concept at all? And also your background playing sports, has that impacted you as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think growing up, I uh, played a few sports and I danced competitively growing up. And I remember being in the wings of the stage and I went on stage once and I completely blanked in my choreography and I knew I knew my my uh, choreography down pad I rehearsed it I've repeated it so it wasn't that it wasn't there in my subconscious it was um, it's just you know my mindset really got the best of me and a lot of self-doubt and fear of failure and all those things I think anyone you know mm -hmm. deals with um, so I think that was a t huge turning point for me was you know, knowing that I knew my stuff and knew how to execute my performance um, and my choreography at the time, but there was really that mental and emotional piece that I was missing at that time that I had to kind of, you know, work into my uh, start my practice as well and uh, really prime in that area. So I think for me, working with athletes, I definitely carry that into that and having that experience I'm thankful for because it's gotten to me where I am today. Um, and can kind of relate to what the athletes are going through and like what Kevin was saying, you know, with baseball, you know, relating to that aspect. So um, for me, working with athletes, you know, I perspective is a huge thing for me. And I think it's a huge foundation to um, my work with the athletes and really understanding their identity as an athlete and um, their strengths. I think a lot of times we focus on what we're not good at and instead of utilizing our character strengths or our physical strengths, whatever that may be, um, to our advantage as well as our values in sport. Um, and kind of how we look at success and failure uh, so it works for us versus against us and having a healthy um, outlook on that because you know at the end of the day failure you know doesn't validate that you're worthless or not good enough it if you can look at it as a, a good perspective perspective and it you know is an opportunity to grow and learn and um, I think that's really healthy and same as success you know it, it doesn't that's not dictated by the score on the board or what the outcome is um, you know you could have played your heart and soul out and not gotten that specific scores so but being proud that you went out there and did the best you possibly could is success mm -hmm. to me so I think that's a perspective is a huge component um, with my work with athletes now you've worked with a range of athletes and <laughs> sports uh, across the province are there any that that stand out to you over the years maybe of you know that was a really successful work experience for me any, any that stand out Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know what? I would say with Curl Manitoba, it was a sport I wasn't familiar with at the time. So when I did start working with them, um, so I definitely have gotten a f really familiar with the sport and um, working with some of the teams. I, I was used to working with a lot more fast-paced sports, so hockey, ringette, soccer, um, all of that. And curling was a whole different ball game. You know, you have four people 
a lot of time to process and think. Um, you're reading body language quite well within each other too. Uh, so communication with each other was key. So that was a whole other kind of mental and emotional ballpark to tap into. So um, definitely, you know, had some opportunities working with some teams there that, you know, at the beginning there was some, some issues going on and being with them throughout the journey and seeing them overcome that and just the help of executing and priming that mental and emotional area and a lot of team communication um, to get and achieve their vision and their desired goals was really cool. So, Well, and that's kind of related to what my follow-up question was and Kevin will get your take on this as well, but Paige, are there certain sports where mental training is really important? And you know, have you, have you noticed maybe sports where they take it a little more seriously? I think of like you mentioned, curling, golf, where a lot of the strategy, a lot of the game is in is in your mind, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, are are there? Did you think it's equally weighted, or are there are there some sports where you where they take it more seriously, and you think it's more important? That's a good question. Um, you know what? I think every sport needs it. It's just going to look different and going to have a different outlet. I mean, you take hockey for example, where yeah, it is fast paced, but you look at the goalie who's kind of on their own a little bit mm -hmm. um, throughout the game and the performance and they have a lot of time to process things as maybe the other guys don't have so much. So I think every sport and position looks differently. Um, definitely more, yeah, curling and uh, archery, you know, I just had an opportunity to work with an archery team this past year, which I've never worked with archery before. And I found that was a huge mental skills aspect. Um, golf, you know, I mean, those individual sports that are a little bit more slower paced, you do have a lot of time to think and process, but you have to know how to reboot your system and, and get ready for the next shot, the next play. Um, and kind of really be aware of your distractions in that moment and know how to refocus and focus in that moment so you can be in a positive and fully connected focus. But I think every sport is requires it. It's just, it's all going to look different. Kevin? Yeah, I would definitely agree that, it, you know, in any sport, you're it's going to be one of those skills that I, I think is essential, especially as you progress in the sport and, and move up in levels. Um, but yeah, again, I think, I think there are like, particularly like what Paige was saying, the, the individual sports, right. And, and maybe the, the sports that require more fine motor skills like archery and, you know, skills like that, where if, if you're not coping well with the, the stress and the anxiety that you're experiencing in a competition, uh, you know, that's going to affect your, your body or physiologically, you're going to experience that more. And so you're going to see those, the consequences of that, I think, more clearly in something like archery. Um, uh, in, in my experiencing working with, uh, again, the archery team this past year, that was something that was mentioned where, yeah, it's like in practice, they're doing really good, but they're not practicing those mental skills when it's sort of easy and their parents are there and they're kind of talking with their friends. But then it comes to like, okay, now we're in competition and it all just sort of falls apart right so there's that i think there's that emphasis there where maybe it's a little bit more of a priority um, when it comes to competition and Paige, you mentioned hockey goalies we actually had uh, tyler brennan on a previous episode he was the team manitoba goaltender for the, these past winter games in red deer and, and he talked about how he he'll go out before the game either on the bench or against the glass and visualize, mm -hmm. visualize the game, visualize himself making saves. And of course we've seen NHL goalies do that too when the camera's on the pregame. Mm -hmm. So is visualizing success in that context part of this discussion as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, it's a huge uh, skill and component to utilize as part of your mental prep. And 
I know there's a video um, that if you guys are listening and want to uh, YouTube, but Braden Holtby is another Washington Capitals goalie, and he has a really good pregame ritual that he does, and he incorporates visualization into that. But I think it's really important to see yourself, um, you know, whether it's a reaction if you're a goalie to where that puck may be coming and having those technical skills down pat and seeing yourself perform that and execute it successfully. Um, you know, whatever it may be, I think that's huge. Also, if you are experiencing a lot of anxiety or nerves, you know, going to a happy place, a place that brings you calm and peace. Um, I think that's a huge component. You can tap into visualization too, just kind of relaxing um, your body as well. But I think, yeah, visualizing and seeing yourself perform something successfully that maybe you're have a little bit lower confidence in, um, I think has a, is a huge component to that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, and, and maybe the only thing I would add is that um, maybe and this might be counterintuitive, but sometimes even it can be beneficial. I think, I think I heard this somewhere, I'm not sure where, but to, to visualize failure, right. And sort of mm -hmm. your reaction to that failure, because inevitably, inevitably you're going to let that goal in, or you're going to, you know, mess something up. And so, having sort of a, a plan in place of like when that happens, this is how I'm going to respond versus I'm just taken out by it completely. I'm frustrated. I'm discouraged or feeling guilty. You know, I'm going to refocus. I'm going to get back into it and um, stay on my game. So would you actually encourage athletes to visualize failure or just to kind of think about it? In the same, I guess, in the same sense of success, right? Yeah, I guess it kind of depends what works for them, right? Um, I, I would I would certainly uh, you know offer it as a suggestion that maybe it could be worth uh, visualizing, right? And kind of in terms of okay, what are the emotions that come up when when you go through that, and and what are you going to do, right? What are you going to avoid saying to yourself in that moment? Because that self talk, I mean, that's one of those times where it's really important not to get too hard on yourself and too down on yourself, and just to you know you're going to have time to process that later on you know, with the team, um, but for now, stay in it and uh, just do your best. What age ranges do you guys work with for, for athletes, Kevin? Uh, I think mostly, like in this past year, it's been, been a range, um, just adolescence, right? So from, uh, probably the youngest has been from 12 or 13 up into 16, 17 year olds. Yeah. As Paige, that's pretty much the same range for, range for you? Yeah, I would say, Oh, I would say, yeah, I've, I've worked as young as nine, too. Um, nine to, I'd say, like, 22, 23 has kind of been the range that I've I've worked with. But, yeah, mainly just kind of, the, I think, the 12 to, like, 18, 20 range has been the most popular. And what would you say are the challenges of working with those younger athletes, Paige? Like, how, how do you get them to start thinking about their mindset at that age? Because I imagine they're primarily just thinking about their sport and how much they love playing it, right? How do you yeah. get them to start thinking in these terms? Yeah, I mean, it, it can be a challenge for sure. Um, but um, I think it's just the way you, I, I try to make things as creative as possible and try to uh, target, you know, um, their age group and you know there's certain things that i can talk to a 21 year old that an eight-year-old is just not going to to understand but you can still utilize the same um i guess theme it just looks completely different so one thing i've found that works you know really good is 
kind of doing vision boards, for example, and, and if you want to kind of introduce that component of visualization with younger kids, I get them to cut out pictures or words or draw something that inspires them or, um, you know, th things that they want to see and put it on an actual board and they can reflect on it. Um, so for them, it's kind of getting their hands there and getting to kind of be creative in that sense, but at the same time, they are working towards whether it's a vision, a goal that they may have and they can actually see it and they can be creative with it. So I think it's just using different tools and outlets. Um, it's you know if you can kind of tailor to that it's not as challenging but you know when you're definitely talking to them about some things that they have blank faces on they're like I have no idea what you're talking about um, I think it's just finding different creative ways to tap into their age group and Kevin is it, is it a matter of talking to their parents as well like how do you kind of get them these, yeah, this conversation. I, I think for sure in, in the work that I've done, whether it's in sport or in other areas, working with, um, you know, especially children, but young, young teenagers, I think the, the parent is definitely an aspect of that um, because, you know, they are the ones that are going to influence uh, their, their child more than anyone. Um, quite often, I find that when I, when a teen does come, you know, for one-on-one, -on -one, uh, consulting um, it's usually the parents that have noticed something or they've heard something that their their child has been saying or struggling with and so they you know they contact me and say can you meet with you know my son about this and so then the you know the athlete is sort of reluctantly brought in and and I think that's part of the challenge right is there's it I mean it's so important to have that relationship and I think that's something that we're going to talk a bit more about for the next year of how to how to be able to build more of that relationship with the athletes because I think then you can have more of those ongoing conversations of, about mental skills and kind of get to know kind of what motivates them like Paige was saying because I think that's so important like if they're not motivated to to learn mental skills then you know there's no point right so you have to tap into okay like what are your goals what's what's your motivation and then and then you can go from there Okay, I got a question from one of my Sport Manitoba colleagues here, and then we're going to take a break. Here it is, and Kevin, we'll start with you. Is it harder to instill confidence into an athlete that has never really had great success or to rebuild the confidence of an athlete that had never really suffered failure in their whole career? Oh, man. That's giving me a tough one. Okay, is it harder? Can you read that question again? I sure can. <laughs> Me a bit more time. Yeah. <laughs> is it harder to instill confidence into an athlete that has never really had great success or to rebuild the confidence of an athlete that had never really suffered failure in their sports career? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, it's tough because it kind of depends on, on where that, you know, again, mindset. So like where was the mindset of the one who's never really experienced success, right? They could be they could be loving it right but they you know lose every time and they're just loving the process right um i think that would probably be easier to work with than someone who's you know approached it more from like a talent is everything kind of thing in that, that fixed mindset uh and and now they're experiencing failure because now we're going to have to kind of do some groundwork and kind of adjust how they're approaching uh, their their sport and and focus more on the process. So that's yeah, it's a tough one. Tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Paige. Oh, you got me thinking too. <laughs> um, I think it's so individualized too, and um, I think it comes back down to you know having a strong identity. And I mean, any outcome, yeah, you're gonna feel emotions when 
you fail. That's that's mm-hmm. you're a human. You're gonna feel those emotions. But um, looking at in a way of a source of motivation to work for you versus against you, and how can my emotions work for me versus against me in that moment? And I think it comes down to, I think everyone has the qualities of resiliency and tenacity and um, perseverance. But I think if you if you have a strong identity and know that those outcomes don't define you as a person or as an athlete, you're gonna be able to bounce back more quickly. Um, so again, I think it just comes to that perspective and um, that's something that you can really work with individuals on to help kind of, you know, put that foundation piece on when those outcomes do surface Um, or someone who's really primed in the area, they're able to bounce back and get back on their feet and keep going. So I think it's so individualized uh, where it's at. So I don't know, it's a tough Mm -hmm. one, but that's kind of my approach on that. (laughs) Kevin Beauchamp and Paige Zaprazan are our guests on the Sport Manitoba podcast. We'll be back with the second half of our sports psychology discussion after a quick break. Sport Manitoba celebrates the achievements of our athletes, coaches, officials, and volunteers every year at our Night of Champions presented by Manitoba Chicken Producers. Join us at this year's event, Saturday, April 13th at Club Region Casino and Event Centre to honour the best of the best. Looking for a drop-in gym space to shoot some hoops or play badminton? The Canada Games Sport for Life Centre hosts weekly open courts for the general public at only $8 per person. Visit sportmanitoba.ca for our schedule and availability. The Canada Games Sport for Life Performance Centre offers strength and conditioning for athletes of all sports and levels throughout the province. Mirroring what is being done in Winnipeg and using the expertise of our athlete and coach development coordinators, Sport Manitoba can now offer more programming and training to the southwest and east regions of our province. Visit sportmanitoba.ca for more information. Back with Kevin and Paige on the Sport Manitoba podcast. I think when people think of sports psychology in Manitoba, the name that comes to mind is Cal Botterill. Have uh, either mm. of you kind of studied his work, taken a little bit from what he's done over the years? Paige, we'll start with you. Yeah, you know what? I have to say I've been very grateful to have Cal as one of my mentors over the past, well, I'd say, gosh, seven, eight years. Um, he's an amazing guy, the most humble, grounded person, and um, has such a wealth of knowledge. So. Um, yeah, I first met him when he just came back from 2010 Vancouver Olympics, and um, that to me was like, I definitely want to do this. <laughs> and having the opportunity to meet Kyle at that time and for him to take me under his wing and uh, shadow him over the, the past number of years, um, I've been very privileged. I just love picking his brain. He is a wealth of knowledge. So, yeah, he's amazing. So here's a bit of inspiration for you to get into this line of work. He's a huge... Yeah. You know what? It's so funny you say that because... When I was in grade eight, my dad, I was always interested and in, I wanted to do something in sport. Um, I didn't know there was such thing as sports psychology at the time. I thought I'd be a sports doctor. Or I wanted to be the person that ran on the field and helped the injured athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had a huge passion for psychology and my dad had an article from Cal when I was in grade eight that he saw in the newspaper and said, you should look up this guy. And uh, I had an article on him and he was totally an inspiration. It was kind of like I was starstruck meeting him because <laughs> I had idolized him. But he's an incredible, incredible human and person. And, um, you know, if there's anyone who has an opportunity to pick his brain and sit for a co- cup of coffee with him or drinks, he is he's an amazing guy and just a wealth of knowledge and experience. So, yeah. Kevin, have you studied a bit of his stuff as well? Yeah, my my experience with him is 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 a little bit more limited than uh, Paige's. Apparently, uh, I think the the real exposure that I've had to him has just been there's a lecture series that I think happens once a year mm-hmm. at the U of W. Um, and does he still do that? Um, I, this year, he he wasn't the one doing okay. it. There was a different uh, sports psychologist uh, leading it, but. Um, 
yeah, that was, you know, that was actually kind of the first time kind of being introduced to him. And um, th yeah, if you ever get a chance to go to that lecture series, I definitely recommend it because they have some good speakers that come for sure. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Performance Center here now in our building. So this is the first year that we offered the mental skills services uh, mm -hmm. for the athletes. So I think we touched on it a little bit earlier, but but Kevin, what types of services exactly are they and, and how do you think the first year went? Uh, yeah, so right now what we have uh, I, primarily is the um, just the team presentations um, offering, you know, one hour presentations to the different teams on the various mental skills. Um, and, and we've been trying to do, um, I've done a couple, uh, first Wednesdays of the month where we do drop-ins when, um, you know, at teams are up in the, the strength training room with Neil, um, we'll be there to just kind of, you know, if they want to drop in and, um, chat for 15 minutes, we can do that. Um, and I think, I think overall, like, you know, anytime you're doing something new, it's a, it's a learning experience and it, and it takes time to sort of create buy-in to let people know that this is a, this is something that is being offered and just to work out the kinks, right. And figure out kind of what's, what's the best way to go about doing this. But, but yeah, so I think in terms of that, we've, we've learned a lot and I'm definitely excited to kind of keep it going, um, and kind of ramp it up next year, hopefully. Uh, I think that would be great. Paige, how, how was the first year gone for you? Yeah, good. I, I think it's so awesome they're introducing the service to the athletes and the teams and you know, for the coaches and the parents to kind of, you know, I know we, Kevin alluded to it, just getting even the co coaches and the parents more involved maybe the next year. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it went really good. I think it's, um, you know, like Kevin said, it's it's always a learning learning year. And, um, you know, I think we're excited to build on it for next year and see what that looks like. But I think the feedback so far has been quite good from mm -hmm. the teams and the individual athletes so um, I think Kevin and I are both excited to see where this goes in the near future. Okay so Neil Prokop one of our sport performance specialists who you guys work with he gave me a list of kind of some of the topics that you guys work with so here, here they are I'm going to run down them real quick motivation and building confidence techniques improving concentration coping with stress and balancing work and school grit and perseverance refocusing tools decreasing anxiety and avoiding distractions Canada Games are major championships. What should teams and athletes be aware of going into those competitions? Goal setting and team building. So from that list page, is there a, a couple that maybe stand out to you in, in your own work of, of some examples where we really succeeded in, in one of those areas? Yeah, you know, it's it's an awesome, I think, array of topics and important themes to tackle. Um, for me, I'm, I really like the kind of distraction and, and identifying, you know, stressors and stress responses and just bringing that awareness to it. Um, obviously, it's so important to tap into being in a positive, a positive and fully connected focus and very consistently, um, you know, every movement of your performance, every throw, um, every shift, you know, every period, whatever that looks like. And so for me, I think that was huge working with the athletes, especially going to Canada Games, uh, some of those athletes identifying what possible distractions there could be. Um, that could offset their focus as a team and individual um, and getting them to focus on things they can control versus what they can't control because a lot of times those distractions are out of our control and really helping them prime their mindset to be on a positive frame and help them be connected in every single moment so having a lot of focus and refocusing strategies and techniques for that but building that awareness around that I think is really huge because when you can tap into that pause and fully connect to focus I feel that you excel in excellence so 
Kevin, from that list, are there maybe two or three that you really focus on in your work, your approach? Yeah, I think for sh one of the big ones for me is, you know, you mentioned the, the motivation. Uh, I think that was one of the first ones you meant, like building motivation. Um, uh, I think my natural tendency in my work, and maybe this is sort of just sort of a natural result of, of the counseling that I do, that, that tends to be more therapy-based and tends to go a bit deeper, um, uh, below the surface, I mean, is that, you know, that idea of like knowing your why, right? And that being sort of when you, when you know your why or know, like, why am I doing this? Whatever it is, right? But for athletes, like, why am I doing this sport? Why is this important to me? Um, I often find that when, when we can sort of establish that, some of those other stuff that, you know, that other stuff that's important but is also hard and challenging and, you know, takes time, uh, just becomes a lot easier, right? Or maybe not easier, but just manageable, right? Like we, we, we know where it fits into the scheme of things when we know why we're doing it. Um, so I often tend to kind of veer that way when I'm, when I'm working. Um, with people, so I, I definitely, yeah, knowing your why, motiv building motivation, and uh, yeah, it definitely relates to the growth mindset stuff. Obviously, that's something I spend a bit of time in. So is that a question you'll directly ask your athletes, like, why are you doing this? Why are you playing the sport? Why are you trying to get to a high level? Do you, do you ask them that directly? Yeah, I think so. I think there's definitely a, you know, a point in time, like, I mean, it wouldn't be the first question I ask, but as sort of the conversation goes on, depending on what we're working with, I think it's, I think it's a, a great question to be asked, right? Uh, you know, and it's, and it's one I ask myself often if I'm, if I just find I'm, I'm wrestling with something for a period of time and kind of just down in the dumps about it or, or just struggling, you know, coming to this place of like, well, why are you doing it then? Like, why, like yeah. your attitude around this seems to be quite negative so like is this important to you and and if it's not if you sort of realize okay this is not important then okay let's make some changes or if it is important he's like no this is actually really important okay well then let's figure out how we can change some of your approaches to these challenges so that you know it's not such a negative thing that you actually still enjoy it when it gets difficult Paige, you mentioned the Canada Games. I know you worked with the Ringette team leading up to those games. They had a very successful tournament winning bronze, as you know. Uh, what was your strategy with them? Things you talked about leading up to that competition? Yeah, there was, there was a lot. Um, a lot of good stuff. We, yeah, I think the main thing was kind of setting what their vision was um, and their expectations going into the Canada Games, just to kind of have that clear vision and helping them properly set, you know, process and performance goals they can be doing actively as a team um, and individually to get to that moment. And um, I think a huge part at the beginning was the perspective thing um, and, and having a really strong identity. And I know Kevin just alluded to it, but having that why and that really strong intention for what they're doing, um, because when things don't go well, if you have that strong intention, you're able to be more resilient and bounce back. So mm -hmm. that was something huge we worked on, kind of what their identity was as a team, what their strengths were as a team, what they valued as a team, um, you know, how they viewed success and failure that worked for them versus against them and was in a healthy, positive way. Um, and we kind of wrote them all down. I had all them sign it as it was like a, you know, what do you call that? Like a Contract. A contract kind yeah, of thing, yeah, yeah. thank you, um, for them to sign and commit to that. So that was a big thing, um, identifying a lot of uh, stressors um, that could be at Canada Games and some possible stress reactions and doing a lot of stress reduction techniques. Um, distractions, that could be a, st a stressor, absolutely. Uh, and then again, just kind of get them, getting them into that pause and fully connected focus while maintaining a healthy perspective are a few key, key areas. 
talked about a lot of topics here, but Paige, what's your number one piece of advice for athletes, coaches, when it comes to the mental side of the game? Is Can you boil it down to one for me? <laughs> That's a good question. You know what? At the end of the day, I'm going to say have fun and enjoy the moment. I'm just going to keep it so simple like that. When you're not having fun, what's the point in playing the sport that you love? So I think sometimes that key ingredient of why you started sport um, that gets missed when things, yeah, they get a little bit more competitive. But I think having that, like Kevin was saying earlier, having that strong why and that intention for what you're doing um, and feeling that in times of when there is failure and, and setbacks, um, but having that fun component to it and just enjoying the process, the process of the game, the process of your, you know, your athletic journey, um, being in the present moment of each day and just enjoying the heck out of it. Because, um, you know, the lifespan of an athlete, you don't know how long that will be. So really just enjoy each and every single moment and playing your heart out and having so much fun uh, whether it's on a team or an individual basis and just enjoying the sport I think is, is a huge thing um, I think is is really important in sport Kevin yeah I think I'm gonna I'm gonna steal some advice um, from a podcast that I listened to um, Matt Dixon he's a, an elite uh, triathlon coach in uh, California and um, he always talks to I mean, he talks to listeners, but his athletes, uh, one of the things he always says to them is just just focus on the process, which is very similar to what Paige is saying, right? This idea of um, it's not just about the end goal, right? Or getting that podium finish or getting first place, right? Although, yeah, that's something that you want to work towards, obviously, right? But it's if we're not enjoying the process and we're not being patient and we're not, you know, just um, being consistent in what we're doing and just focusing on the now, um, you know, uh, our chances of reaching that podium are actually going to get less, right? And so focusing on the process. Um, and I think it, I think it's important to realize, and I think I, I was, I'm not sure um, what sport it was, but I was, I was listening to um, a professional athlete talk about how, you know, the reality of winning, like, yeah, if, it feels great in the moment, but it only lasts, you know, for a few days and then it's like, oh, you know, like that's it. Right. And so if we're not if we're not actually enjoying that process, um, that's the majority of the time. Right. The practice and the training and the sweat and all that. Right. And so we have to find some pleasure in in that and find meaning in that. Um, and that'll make those, you know, those successes um, like the podium finish or, um, you know, getting first place like you know, all, all the more important. And then I think for, for coaches, I think it would just be, you know, practice what you preach, right? Uh, lead by example, um, figure out, you know, what you want, you know, your athletes to uh, exude and then, you know, make sure you're doing that yourself because they're going to they're gonna just do what you do. Um, and so, yeah. A couple more questions before we wrap up. Kevin, we'll start this one with you as well. Mm-hmm. What does the future look like? It's obviously a growing field. What's the future of sports psychology, maybe in a broad sense, or maybe just with some of the work you're doing in our building here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it definitely, like, I'm excited about where it's headed. I think there's definitely um, a growing emphasis on the importance of it. And it's, I'm, at least from what I'm seeing, it's being talked about a little more. And, and I was thinking that in an earlier question about where you were asking Paige about just... Um, or you're asking about, you know, professionals working with sports psychologists. Um, I think I think it's important, you know, that in the culture of sports that it becomes a more common 
you know, it's more common that we talk about that because we'll talk about the training and the plan and all that and periodization and all that stuff, right? But I think it's it's quite rare to hear someone actually talk about like, yeah, I'm working with this, you know, mental skills consultant or, you know, sports psychologist. And so I think, yeah, I think that's, my hope is that that's where it's heading, right? Where we talk, it's talked about more so that younger athletes are like, oh, this is normal. This is just something I have to do, right? And, and want to do, right? To perform well. Paige, what is the future like for you? Anything you'd like to, to see in particular? You know what? I'm going to go off what Kevin's saying. Um, I think he nailed it. I think um, just, you know, kind of having that approach and that mindset in terms of, you know, not having that stigma associated with mental prep or, you know, seeing a sports psychologist or a mental skills consultant. I think it's just one of those five components of sport that I, you know, mentioned earlier. It's just as important as your physical, your technical, and your tactile game, your mental and emotional part. And I think a lot of athletes are seeing the benefits of it. And it's really awesome when they see the benefits of, you know, really training and priming and preparing in the mental and emotional side of sport. So I'm hoping that, you know, more athletes and younger athletes see the benefits of it, and not just for sport, but for life too. You know, I mean, there's so many young athletes, I say, you can use this for school, for life. Mm -hmm. You know, this is skills that you're taking with you, not just for sport, but you're taking and it's trickling into all your life um, elements too. So I think it's just one of those things it's important to talk about. And um, I know Kevin, you know, said that the same thing. It's just, I think just getting to talk about it more and understanding the benefits of it and really transitioning it from sport to life. Uh, vice versa so last question how do people get in touch with you Paige yes so we do have um, an email server here at Sport Manitoba so you can get in touch with me uh, by shooting me an email at Paige so P-A-I-G-E dot Zapperzan Z-A-P-O-R-Z-A-N at sportmanitoba.ca yeah and mine is uh, so Kevin K-E-V-I-N dot Beauchamp B-E-A-U-C-H-A-M-P at sportmanitoba.ca Paige, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on. Really interesting discussion. And mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. thanks for all the work you do with Sport Manitoba and all the best in the future. Thank thanks you so a lot. Much. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Kevin Beauchamp and Paige Zapperzan for giving us some insight into the growing world of sports psychology. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to our podcast. It's available anywhere you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also find all of our episodes on our website, sportmanitoba.ca slash podcast. We're going to stick with our Performance Center theme on our next episode with our sport performance specialists, Jeff Wood and Neil Prokop. Look for that episode in late April. You can follow us on social media at Sport Manitoba on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you know of somebody who you think would make a good guest on our show, including an athlete coach or somebody else involved in sport, you can email me at podcast at sportmanitoba.ca. Thanks for listening. I'm Nolan Cole. We'll talk to you on our next episode of the Sport Manitoba podcast.